Hey everybody, it's Todd, the former host of the Upworthy Weekly Podcast, with a reminder that Allison Rosen and I have moved on to do a new show on Patreon.com called Allison and Todd After Hours. And we think you'll dig it, so I put together some of my favorite moments on the show so far so you can hear what we're doing. On this episode, I try to help Allison's mental health by exposing her to alternative therapies. And we discuss a recent story on Upworthy about everyday phrases people use in conversation that are a huge red flag. Over the first eight months of the show, we've gone over a lot of topics. I mean, a lot of topics, including teppanyaki chefs, domestic violence at steakhouses, filming yourself, Gen Z slang, slay, why Allison needs Ben Gay, whoops, astrology, greeting ETs, the Adam Carolla show, hip pastors, therapy, Hawaii, Disney conspiracies, small talk, nose nachos, TikTok topics, a fight we had with a prominent politician, backhanded compliments, death, and... Why German men sit when they pee. As you can see, the show's a bit more adult than Upworthy Weekly, but we've kept the same upbeat vibe. So, if the show sounds like fun, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash Allison and Todd. You'll get two shows a month for just four bucks a month. That's patreon.com slash Allison and Todd. Now, get ready to enter the After Hours Lounge for our free preview. It's Allison and Todd After Hours, the show where Allison Rosen doesn't have to be your best friend or give parenting advice, and Todd Perry drops the good news shtick and acts like an adult, if that's even possible. Now dim the lights, pour yourself a beverage, and join us in the After Hours Lounge. So, as you know, as I've said many times on this show, that my whole life is looking for ways to improve Allison Rosen's life, right? I love that. It's just every morning I wake up and I go, what can I do to make Allison's life easier, better? How do we protect those Fabergé egg feet? feet? (laughs) How many years have you been in therapy for? Oh, my God. Okay, so I don't know exactly, but a long time because I first went when I was in college. So I was like 20 and then I went on and off. And then I went again in New York. I found a therapist. So let's say I was like 26 for, and I was probably with her for like nine years. I mean, it's like altogether, I don't know, maybe like 20 years. Okay. So I'm thinking like at a certain point, I, like I personally, after maybe four and a half, I'd be like, this isn't, this isn't for me because mm-hmm. I keep coming back. Right. Yeah. I, you know, if it was like a bunion, and I, for 20 years, this guy was working on my bunion. I'd be like, eh, time to peace out. I, I right. need some some other kind of care. Something right? faster, yeah. Something mildly More effective. effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I've been to therapy like three times in my life. And I went for four months. And then I was good. And then we had a conversation. I'm like, well, I'm good. And yeah. maybe see you in a bit. You know, we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see what's up. Yeah, I regard it more like going to the it's more like going to the gym or something where it's just like uh it makes me feel better 
but okay. unlike the gym, it actually makes me feel better. <laughs> so I was looking up alternative therapies okay, that they good, have yeah. around the globe, which different ways that they say that maybe people can get curative stuff. So they, just imagine, you know, you'd save 250 bucks a week right. you know, on, on, on therapy, and that's yeah. money you could put towards, you know, buying... Shoes. Shoes, you could buy avocado toast, mm-hmm. uh, you indulge whatever you want. You know, right. you could buy more of that, more clam art that, that you have behind you. Can't get enough clam art. So I was looking up different ways. And so I found a, a list of ones. And, and one of them is pretty interesting. And it's called Death to Rebirth Therapy. Oh, interesting. Okay, uh-huh. let's hear it. So basically, we, we take you into a room. And then you, you pretend like you die. So they have what they call a death experience room. And you write down your last words. Okay. More clam art, period. Yeah. More clam art or I'm choking, help. Yeah, I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah. Somebody call 911. Mm-hmm. Right. I smell burnt toast. Yeah. Uh, and then you lay in a coffin... And I, I thought we weren't going to talk about death on this show. Okay. And then <laughs> they cover you with a white cloth. And then you can even hear a dirge being played in the in the back. You know? Oh, I wonder what dirge. And uh, it's, it's going to be like the minor key version of your theme song. So instead oh, of like, yeah. Allison, Rosen. Oh, it's going to be the slow version that they play on the movie trailer. Okay, yes. Or you know what? There actually are these Halloween-y, Halloween versions of my songs, which are, they're silly because they're, they still sound like my songs, but it's like, Allison, Rose, and Rah! It'll be that. like that. Or like, you know, when you go through the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland and they play the bridal theme because there's like the bride with like her heart in a thing or whatever, but it's like the minor key version of Here Comes the Bride. Right. It's like, dun, dun, it's like just off a little, you know? We'll play that. Just whatever. Let's just spitball here. doesn't matter. You're dead anyway. And then five minutes later, a sound of a baby crying. Jeez, that's so fast. Oh, five minutes. No, it's not fast. That's It's a long time to be pretend dead. Yeah, to be in a coffin? Yeah. Not, know. yeah. It's like those Joe Rogan sensory deprivation tanks, you know. Right. And then uh, and then basically you're like reborn, and so then you're born with a fresh mind of a babe. And so then you're kind of past all this stuff that you go to talk about uh, with your, your Freudian analyst. And then I was thinking, like, it would also be cool if, like, just, you know, because just you stepping out of the coffin and the baby sound, it's a little too surreal. Uh, I think that what we do is after you go into the um, coffin, mm-hmm. or take you out and you got to keep your eyes closed. Sure. And then stick me between someone's legs? <laughs> yes. Yes. No. No, 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 no. We're going to get one of those, like, you know, those egg chairs that people had in the 70s? Yes. We're going to stick you in an egg chair. And we're going to fill it with like a yolky substance. Oh, yeah. I like that. And like Mork from Orc, you're going to be birthed like a chick. Can it be like Cadbury cream egg substance and then I've got to like eat my way out? Mm, no, not. No, that. Well, that's pricey. Um, okay. 
But no, it'll be like a yolky thing. So you'll come out like, and so yeah. But then again, that the kind of creamy thing sounds kind of cool too when you come out and yeah. Well, I didn't know that this was like a budget rebirth. I didn't know we were <laughs> trying to save pinch pennies here. Well, that was part of the original thing to save you money on therapy yes. bills. You're right. All right, thank you. Um, well, that so sounds I, effective. <laughs> I mean, look, we got to try something new at this point. Yeah, you know? you're right. You're right. Um, there's another one out of Indonesia. So where was that one from? The death to rebirth? This was in China. Okay. Yeah. So we'd have to fly over there. Yeah. Or dig. <laughs> I once dated this girl named Theron, which Theron? sounds like the be. Sounds like the beginning of a dirty limerick, by A the limerick, way. yeah, yeah. And once dated a girl named Theron. Blah, 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 her heron. And, and everyone was staring, right? Yeah. Um, so she, she wrote poetry and did crystal meth. Mm. But she, um, she wrote poetry and she once wrote a poem that was one of my favorite poems ever written. And it was, digging, 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 digging. China. That's the whole poem? That was the whole poem. I love it. She does so much with so little. Yeah. Uh, found her on Facebook recently. Didn't friend her, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is out of Indonesia. Okay. It's called Lying Down on Rail- Railway Tracks Therapy. Now, this isn't what you think. I'll be the judge of that. Okay, so what do you think when I say what is laying down on the railroad tracks therapy? Well, I think you're laying down and watching your life flash before your eyes and then getting up before you get run over. One would think. Yeah. That's what I thought when I first read it. I thought maybe also there's like a guy with a hipster Pringles man mustache ties you down to it. There's a struggle, you know. But actually what it is is Uh, People lay down on railroad tracks in Indonesia every day because they believe the electric surge from the oncoming trains will cure them of illnesses. Oh, interesting. So it like flows into your body. Um, It all stems from a tale about a a Chinese man who once tried to commit suicide but was miraculously cured of his illness by the electricity passing through the tracks. Hmm. Is there actually, do you get a surge from laying on tracks? I don't think so. I think if you lay on like the third rail right, in like right. the New York City subway, but there's no electricity. Go- well, maybe, okay, maybe it's one of these electric trains. Oh, maybe. Like a, like a light rail kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, this, seems, uh, this doesn't seem FDA approved here. Another one's interesting, and this is called psychic surgery. This Ooh. sounds fun. This I'd like to participate in if possible. Okay. So you get like um, a fictitious surgeon. So maybe right. like dressed like Weird Al in the Like a Surgeon video or something. Yeah. And, and so you lay down and, and you have some like propofol, like Michael Jackson. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. You have some milk. <laughs> you ever had that? Propofol? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've, yes, because I've had surgery before. So yes, I have. Yeah. Have you? That- yeah, and th- they inject it in you, and mm-hmm. once they do it, you-, you get this, like, fire in your vein? Yes. Ooh, and I thought, if heroin did that, maybe would want to try it. Because that was 
something very pleasing about feeling that fire go up my vein. You and like, then, like that? Oh, I, yes. d- I don't like that pain. Mm, it was a good pain. Um, sometimes they'll mix it with lidocaine to like, so I've had it. So every time I had an egg retrieval, which was a lot of times during IVF, they would, they give you propofol and Versed, which is my favorite. Um, but I only felt the burn like once it's weird. You don't always, I did not always feel it. Uh, I didn't know you like it though. Okay. So tell me more about this psychic surgery. I dug it. Uh, so what happens is, so you lay down and it's like, we say, you know, Allison, I'm going to give you a lobotomy Jesus. and then to, to get rid of all the, you know, memories of your mother or whatever, yeah. or maybe you're being quite hysterical. We're going to remove all your teeth, you know, sure, sure. Like they used to do to women. They um, removed their teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they said to, that was supposed to cure their hysteria. Yes. Did you ever see that show? The Nick that was with no. Clive Owen. Daniel loved it, but I never saw it. I loved that show. And that was also the show where, like, the big dude from This Is Us was on that show, Toby. Mm-hmm. And then he, he was on everything after that show. But anyway, so, yeah, this guy has his wife, and she's hysterical, which anybody knows if a woman is hysterical, you just remove her uterus, not her teeth. Like, right, right. It's, right in, it's in the name, hysteria. Right, right. But this guy was a Swedish surgeon. And, you know, whatever, and removed all the teeth. Now you have a crazy woman with no teeth, which is just, you know. So, anyway, so you lay down like you're going to have some kind of surgery. They Uh put you under. And then when you come out, we pretend that we fixed whatever was wrong with you. And then you have like a placebo effect. Right. And what country is that from? Indonesia? Uh, Let's see here. Philippines, maybe? Okay. I don't know. It doesn't say, actually. Or I cut that, that part out. That seems like... I'm surprised that that's legal. Uh, who knows if that's legal? <laughs> right. I don't think <laughs> any don't. of these things are legal. <laughs> okay. Well, Except listen. for the birthing thing in most... Yeah. In, in blue states. You can't do it in red states, but in blue no. states. Um, I mean, I'm on board for taking a little nap. <laughs> Just a yeah. little break? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last one, and this this one I'm also into. This this actually I want done to me is a virtual dolphin therapy. Ooh, virtual, but virtual. I want real dolphin therapy. Okay, you can. I, I bet you could do that on Kauai. Yes. So, what is virtual dolphin therapy? So you lay down on a couch, and you keep your eyes open, and then you watch dolphins frolicking in the deep sea and hear the sounds of waves and ocean. The treatment claims to bring about a deep state of relaxation. I think that would work. Yeah. You just... I I could really get into that as somebody who's really into cetaceans. I think that would... Cetaceans? Is that the name for dolphins and things? Yeah. That's uh, dolphins, whales, all that. So it's like... You're just like laying there and it's like... You know they did that thing where they go uh-huh. like that, and they're like, "No, that means I love you." And dolphin, like, give it, give it, Allison. I would you hear that? I hear that. 
you are with the dolphins now. I feel like I'm with the dolphins. You are free. I feel so free. Swim deeper into the ocean. I'm going to swim deeper into the ocean. You see a light and you want to chase it because you love chasing shiny objects. I... I gotta chase that shiny object. It's so shiny. Your dolphin friends are all waving their fins at you and say go towards the shiny object. I feel supported by my dolphin friends as I chase this shiny orb. As you look closely, you realize it's a shark. Oh, f- The shark proceeds to come closer to you. Oh, no. First, it bites you on the top of the head. And you <laughs> rips your blowhole. It rips your blowhole and you begin to drown as you cannot close it. And water oh. is closing into your lungs. You slowly... More glam art! Go to the bottom of the ocean where you sink and succumb to drowning. Now you find yourself in a very large egg and you see light. And you think you're moving towards a new world. Don't be afraid. Crack your way out. I'm gonna crack your way out of the egg. I'm eating my way through this cream egg. We finally got the budget for it. And now you find yourself in China, surrounded by your family and friends. Do you know where the nearest railroad track is? Real quick before we end today's show. Yeah. At least I didn't leave you in the ocean or something and then end the meditation. Yeah, thank you. I'm still angry that I'm left in a cave with a bear or whatever it was when you abandoned me on our guided meditation multiple times. Or maybe we were in a bookstore with a tote bag. I I just know that I was fully there and then you're like back in reality. Yep. Yep. No, I left you in the middle of a cave and you're to confront the bear in the cave. Didn't do it. That's you. That's why you're still in therapy. I guess so. So, um... The other day, my son and I, who's seven years old, he had football practice. And so on the way back from football practice, mom was going to be busy somewhere. And so me and the kid were driving back and I was like, okay, I just want to pick up something to eat. So I saw a sign on a place and it said, barbecue chicken. Mm. But can't go wrong. Kid likes chicken. I like chicken. Let's go get some barbecue chicken. So we go in there and I realize that it's a Korean barbecue chicken joint and it's not really barbecue chicken but it's like a hot wing place mm-hmm. like spicy just, i guess yeah spicy stuff so i was like okay let me find like the least spiciest thing for the kid and i love spicy food mm-hmm. so i ordered the hottest wings oh my god are you insane and well didn't didn't you bite into something with your brother-in-law and then immediately throw up or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah Fun. Yeah, we had a uh, Reaper Reaper chocolate. Oh yeah. So and my son, he gets. I go give him like these like chicken, like the boneless chicken wings, and you know get him like the mildest thing. 
but it still had some kick because my son was like, mm. oh, spicy, but he was eating it. Like he was broing down. He was being cool. But the funny thing is once I ordered the wings, the manager came out. And they do this. They do this if you're in an Asian place and you're white and you uh-huh. order spicy food. Because probably Whitey's been in there many times and can't handle it. Right. So he comes out, what, to make sure they don't have to, like, call for medical help? No, it was before I had eaten it. And okay. I, I, he, he, he didn't want to sell it to me. I oh, said, I can I get Can I get the hottest one? And he goes, uh, maybe you don't want that. Yeah. I said, uh, no, I, I go, you know what? It's, it's my bad if something goes wrong or I don't finish it. I'm not going to blame you, sir. The guy goes, fine. So I ended up eating it, and it was... It was fine. I was able to get through it. Mm-hmm. All good. And my son ate his. And when we were leaving the chicken place, he was like, still. That's that's spicy. Yeah. He was kind of having fun with it, though. It wasn't like I'm crying. It was just like. Right. So that night, about, I don't know, five in the morning, I wake up and I'm like, oh, God, my stomach. Oh, no. I need to use the restroom. I need to use the Uh-oh. Food. Right around that time, my son comes in the bedroom and goes, my tummy hurts. Oh, We were having like the most awesome man bonding. We both have a bad stomach from the hot food. Yeah. Then at about seven in the morning, my son, I hear him scream. And he runs into the bedroom and he goes, I poop my pants and I have a spicy booty. I have a spicy booty. <laughs> he was like, in pain. It's like, spicy booty. And I was like, and my wife turns to me and goes, You did it. You clean it up. <laughs> and my son has not pooped his pants in quite some time. Yeah. And good seven year old shouldn't be doing it anyway, but, and he's like Aww. in his pajamas, you know? Mm. So I take his booty. He goes, I got a spicy booty. <laughs> like crying. Oh. Like, and I'm like, we've, we've all been there. We've all been there. And uh, so I take down his pants. Now, did you read the book Everybody Poops to Your Kid? You know, I don't think we have actually. We should. There's a uh, final page where they talk about how all the different animals poop mm-hmm. and they show them from behind. Uh huh. And if you look at, like, I think it's the pig. The pig, the pig poops, but gets like pooped down the back of its legs and stuff. When that's it poops. what was happening. But him, I'm just like, oh, it looks like the pig from that book, man. <laughs> and so eventually, this was, you know, you start with all the hope in the world you can get this with toilet paper. Yeah. And then you got to punt, mm-hmm. and we had to go shower. And at this point, like I was so tired because I didn't sleep well because my stomach was bad, and I was in and out of the bathroom. <laughs> oh, a spicy booty! <laughs> Poor little guy. Please clap. <laughs> so, okay, well, uh, now talk about this, I don't know, segue. Uh, we used to do this show for Upworthy called Upworthy Weekly and do Upworthy stories. And I found an Upworthy story that I thought actually applied to Allison and Todd After Hours. Ooh, I would like to hear this. And it was a gal named Heather Wake that I work with wrote an article, and it was based on a Reddit thread, and it was phrases that make you unlikable. And I know we love talking about words on this yes, show. This is we do. So uh, basically, the article says there are fairly universal things that can be said in a conversation that instantly come across as unlikable. 
Redditor the Evil Empire. I always love the Redditor names, by the way. Even if it's like a serious thing, it's right. like Chafe Tat Boy 69 <laughs> talking yeah. about the national debt. <laughs> and he asked folks, folks to listen certain words or phrases that elicited an overall negative reaction when heard, and commenters didn't hold back. So, Allison, I'll go over these and you tell me if you, you agree. All right. Uh, the first one is the guy who says, I tell it like it is. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't hate that person but i don't like that person because it's like oh you think quite highly of yourself don't you and also people that tell it like it is are usually rude so i guess i don't like that guy yeah and it's usually somebody with a really narrow point of view like mm-hmm. you never get when someone tells it like it is it's never nuanced right right and it never is how it is yeah yeah but i think the guy i think that's when you maybe you don't know or you're insecure about your personal beliefs in something so you inoculate your audience with explaining that it is in fact what it is right exactly this is how it is but regardless you're not a likable person if you have to really you know just shut off the debate like that right right and this could this could have applied earlier to some things i said on this show about how I have definite ethnic preferences when it comes to teppanyaki chefs. You're just telling it like it is. No, this is number two phrase. I'm not a blank, but... Oh, you, yes. You're not racist, but you don't. You would rather have a Japanese teppanyaki chef. Yep. No offense, but... <laughs> don't take this the wrong way, Allison. Oh, nothing but. good. I'm sorry, but nothing good comes after that. One time on my show, Todd Cooper, who was on this week, actually, said, um, no offense, none taken. Da, da, da. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. I get to decide whether I take offense. You get right. to say no offense. I get to decide whether any was taken. Oh, it, it, it's like uh, my stepmom does this move where, where, where she goes, not to get political, but... And so what, and it's usually, and, but it's just like made to say, I'm going to say my opinion, but you cannot have your opinion. And then, right. and we're ending the conversation. It's exactly. over after I make my point. She's like, exactly. not, not to get political, but Joe Biden is ruining the United States of America. Anyway, I don't want to start a fight, but yeah, it's really like trying to control your reaction to what they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a sneaky thing and people think they get away with it. Right, right, right. I remember I, this is similar. Uh, I went on a couple, oh, I'm sure I've told the story before of like the accidental, my dates with the accidental white pride guy, or I, I don't know where the accident goes in that sentence. I went out with the white pride guy a couple times, a long time ago. Oh, yeah. The yeah. second time I got lost, he lived in Silverado Canyon. It's like windy and I did not have GPS yet uh but i guess i had a cell phone i don't know i remember no i forget how i called him i don't know if i called him from a cell phone or if i called him from like a phone that i found somewhere anyway i was lost and i was late and he was like listen i don't usually get angry but i'm angry which is like humongous red flag but when he said that Mm. i don't usually get angry but i was like oh you're a person who gets angry all the time oh yeah 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 oh yeah it's like yeah it feels like the ultimate gaslighting, abusive relationship starts with that. Yeah, I don't yes. get angry, but you know what you did, Allison? Yeah. You really, yeah. I don't want to go to a dark place, but I, you could extrapolate where that goes to. Right. Another, 
<coughs> Excuse me. Another relationship red flag. I was getting a drink with this guy that I ended up going out with for like eight months. It did not work out um, for a variety of reasons, but he wasn't abusive or anything. He was, he did gaslight me, but I don't think it was for nefarious reasons. It was more like he was so, um, he just couldn't, he had to be, he always had to be right. right. Like it, the gaslighting. Yeah, he was insecure, but also arrogant. Like, I didn't even know the term gaslighting. I would describe it as, and this is not even the red flag. I'm jumping around. I would describe it to people as like, I feel like my brain is melting and dripping out of my ear, which is the feeling of being gaslit. But like, I didn't know that term till I bought a book to try to figure out what the hell is going on. But like, we would have an argument and I would say like, when you said this, it, look, it made me feel this. And he'd be like, but I didn't even say that. I'm like, what? Like I was constantly having to redefine. We couldn't even agree on reality. But, but like I said, I don't think it was nefarious. It was just his own ish. Um, anyway, that's the best kind of gaslighter. It really. It, I mean, it really is. It's like the innocent. Didn't even gaslighter. seem. Yeah, he was so good. It's such a seamless gaslighter. Yeah. That you even gave him credit for not being a gaslighter, even though he was gaslighting. This yeah. we're talking Machiavellian level. You're right. You're right. You're right, actually. But so anyway, we were getting a drink early on in our courtship, let's say. And I remember he turned to me and he's like, I would never hurt you. And I was like, Well, I didn't think you would till right now. <laughs> like it was just it was just so it was like now I'm so much more savvy that I would be like, that is a weird thing to say at the beginning. But at the time I didn't have a frame of reference enough, but it did make a little bit bells went off. Like, why are you assuring? First of all, you can't actually ever make that promise to someone. People right. hurt each other all the time. It was just a weird thing to say. It was and, too and much. It was, apropos of nothing that had just come out that you guys are yeah. talking about. I don't know whatever people talk about. And then just like, I will never hurt you. Yeah, it wasn't like in Darth Vader voice, but it's like I want you to know I would. It was like I would never hurt you. I don't know. It was weird. I'm I'm sure it related to maybe we were talking about how we like each other, but still. Uh, another thing that people makes them ultimately unlikable is people that say, "quote I hate drama," because mm-hmm. usually uh, that's usually the person that's always most involved in drama is yes. the person again. All these phrases have something in common. It's someone trying to inoculate your reaction to them and yes. control, be able to say whatever they like, and then without you being able to react to it. Right, which is I hate that. Um, trying to think how often I've heard people say I hate drama, but also I feel a little bit like someone who's like I hate drama is like someone who's refusing to even hear what you have to say sometimes it can be used in that way too it's like just keep me out of it which is fine unless it's like i don't know i'm being very vague i don't i just it's like yeah it's someone who's trying to shut something off yeah i find this in like work situations where i'm like oh i don't want to know i don't want to know i just want to know like what's my job i do my job i turn in my work i don't i don't want to know i don't want to know is that is it because you hate drama todd I hate it. You know, I'm just not involved in drama. And then, but like, 
you know, when Becky over in accounting was talking to me about, oh, we all know the way Joseph likes to dress on Tuesdays where he wears the same <laughs> pants he wore on Mondays. Clearly, yeah. he, you know, and then it's that. Yes. Um, yes. So that's, uh, uh, yeah. But maybe I am that person. I don't know. <laughs> uh, here's a person who I am. And I was reading this list and I felt bad about it. But we did a whole thing on Op- Upworthy Weekly about it. And it's the person that says, as an empath. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the person Wait, wrote you, some... you do that? I, I, no, I don't, I don't like identify myself as an empath in saying things. But I have gone on and on about how I think I'm an empath <laughs> because I get like corrupted or whether by other people's energy states and mm-hmm. I have no force field to shake them off. Right. You know, I, I absorb everybody because I'm like this precious flower. But but some people truly are empaths. So I agree. Yeah. Like I us. Agree. That's right. <laughs> and uh, another thing is people who use corporate speak. Oh, yeah. Except I find myself, I feel like, how do we feel about circle back? Because it just, it's a useful phrase. Like, let me check on that and then I'll circle back. Because I find myself saying that sometimes and then feeling weird. But like, I mean, I guess an alternative would be like, and then I'll get back in touch. I don't know. Yeah, I use circle back. I like circle back because I'll be like circling back on that email I sent about such and such that no one got back to me on. And that's usually, I feel it's a, it's a kind way of saying, hey, just tap right. tap on the shoulder, people. Yeah. You know, trying to get something done here and you are wasting my time. You know, right. That that's but but a nice way of doing that. But there's some people that go out of their way to use corporate speak or use jargon mm. in ways. And I find it, it gets up my ass because I feel Same. it's someone just trying to impress you. Yeah. You know, instead of speaking plainly like people talk. It, right. Instead of trying to communicate they're trying to impress with their language. And usually the person trying to impress is somebody who's insecure and needs to lord something over you, right? Yes. Or needs that affirmation. Like exactly. My, my new thing is now, tough guy, actually scared guy. Oh, I think that's right. Yeah. You know, as an empath. I, uh, <laughs> you just feel their, their scared guy energy. No, I feel like most people that are trying to be tough guys, when you really kind of start talking to them and everything, you realize they're afraid of everything around them. Well, yeah. I mean, think about the tough guy that needs to have like an armored vehicle and a thousand guns and is like ready to throw down at any moment is scared. That's why he has to have all that. He's afraid of threats. Right. And if you have to sit and make yourself buff and make yourself big, which is a lot of work, as I know. Mm. You know, to get up to that level of physical right. prowess. How much work is that that you're putting in to stave off something, you know? Yes, I'm going to agree with you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and this kind of goes with that. Number eight was describing oneself as an alpha male. Oh, my God. I've literally never heard someone describe themselves that way. What, what a charmed life I've led. Have you? You ivory tower living. Oh my god, you've never <laughs> Must I had be nice. a, Yeah, I had to unfriend a guy on Facebook cuz he would go off about how he was an alpha and all the other guys out there are like sheep. 
Oh and my god! It's like, whoa, you're an asshole. You don't even realize you're coming off as an asshole. Like again, wow. you seem like the most insecure human being because you yeah. have to keep explaining how you are evidently leading a flock somewhere. You know. To circle back to Vanderpump, oh, that was the episode before this, but still, <clears throat> there's this like kind of ongoing thing about who's the number one guy in the group. Like, I'm the number one guy. Well, now I'm the number one guy. So that's, but it's kind of like done a little bit tongue in cheek. Um, wow. I didn't know that there are guys who think of themselves as alpha guys. Although I guess it makes sense. Like that whole sort of like men's rights, Chad kind of thing, Giga Chad mm-hmm. or whatever. Like they would, they need to see themselves as alphas. Yeah, and they see themselves, uh, and I think in a, in a world where there's lots of petty bickering and petty politics and all this stuff, they set themselves above that with their alphaness, which usually corresponds directly to them talking a lot about their ability to create violence and Jeez. not not their clear-headedness or anything or right. emp- empathy. It's, right. I am alpha because I am the tough guy, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's right. weird. And it's weird, uncomfortable being around those people as a guy who's serious beta soy boy energy like myself. Uh, uh, but I think, and Daniel and I talk about this, and maybe it's like confirmation bias, but like the real measure of a, a man, let's say, mm. is... Well, I, 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 I don't want to say this is a real measure of every single man, but I think there's something very is like being able to take to be a good father to your children, being mm. a responsible husband, mm. being able, you know, like being a mature, responsible adult. I don't think that that's soy boy. I, I don't think so either. And I'm glad that you said that I am responsible and good at all those things. I want to know what Leonidas the Greek <laughs> teppanyaki guy would have to say about the measure of a man. I know yeah. where that joke would go and it Me would involve the, the spatula. Right. But, you know, as a true soy boy, I think my thoughts on this, I'm going to quote Morrissey, who says, it takes strength to be gentle and kind. Yes. And this is, okay, this is the, there's two more. And one is people who put others down to make themselves look better. And I always find that the guy who's, constantly talking ish about other people it's always like they're talking so much about you when you're not around yeah you know yeah so and then the last one is the person who says this and i think this is normal you tell me if i'm wrong but it's normally female this is a female thing all right not uh, as someone who isn't a misogynist or what 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 was the thing we were using earlier look i'm I'm not not a misogynist but but I usually heard this from, from gals that are like the messy friend. Okay. You know, and if you can't handle me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best. Oh, I've only seen that as like a thing on Instagram or something. But yes. Yeah. That is, that is messy and annoying. And they say, <laughs> I guess, it's a way of saying, if you can't tolerate my downright abusive behavior, you don't deserve my complete indifference to you. <laughs> yeah, and it's also saying, like, I am not in, in, char- you know, in control of my shit enough to stop leaking all my worst out on you. Which, like, obviously, everyone, you know, we all have 
darker or whatever, more like less positive sides that sort of come out. But you try to you try to be a, a decent person in relationship. Right. And this person, no, they're like, you're getting all of me. Yes. You know. But okay, well, I think we've come to the end of this show here. And I'd like to thank everybody. We've done it. That's been Allison and Todd After Hours. Thanks for supporting the show on Patreon. Questions, comments, or irrational rage? Send us a message on the Patreon app. I'm Marley Balin Frederick. Catch you next show. And until then, the lounge is closed.